God, you are holy. There is no one like you. You are majesty. You are sovereign. You are powerful, yet you're close and intimate and relational. God, we thank you for you. We're so glad we have a connection to you, that you redeemed us, that you saved us, that you set us free from all the things that held us back and trapped us in our sin. God, we thank you that you opened up that doorway to have a relationship with again, that we could walk in freedom and victory knowing you. God, thank you that we can build our lives on you, that we can trust you, that you are a firm footing, that you are the light to our feet and the light to our path. God, thank you that you are there, that you're close, that you're working in and through us. God, we pray right now as we come around your word that you'd reveal something of yourself to us. God, that you'd take us deeper in that relationship with you, that you'd build that trust more in you and what you say, in who you're calling us to be in you as children, as sons, as daughters of you. God, we pray that you'd give us a fresh understanding. God, we pray right now that your word would encourage us, that it would build us up, that it would equip us to go out into the world and share your good news with all those who have come around us. God, we pray you'll give us boldness and courage that we could step into a workplace and share a word in season with someone. God, we pray right now that you'd draw people to your heart. God, we pray right now that you'd place people's names on our hearts. God, that we'd begin to see them the way you see them that they are loved, that they are called, that they are chosen in you. God, we pray that you'd stir our hearts again. God, we give you all the praise, all the honour, all the glory for what you've done in the past, but what you're going to do in the future as well. Though we don't see it yet, we know that you're already working. We know that you already have a plan, you already have a purpose, that you're working every situation, every season, every circumstance together for good. God, and so we glorify you. We give you praise. Amen. Amen. Well, church, you can take a seat. If you're watching online, you're probably already sitting, so you don't need to take a seat. But tune in, listen up. I believe God's put a word on my heart and that I want to share with you this morning. And so it was kind of funny when Ben asked me to preach. I was like, yeah, I kind of already have something, um, which is good in some ways. But I want to encourage you. You know, we've been talking about stronger being stronger in Christ, being stronger in our lives, being stronger in community and in purpose. And so oftentimes the thing with getting stronger is not only what you do, but oftentimes what you fill and fuel yourself with in your life. And so if you want to get stronger, I guess, in your body, um, it depends and it is a major factor in what you eat. And um, that's become a recent revelation as I'm getting older and I feel like an old man now that I can't just live off Maccas and pizza and... oh. Yes, I know. It's tough. Sometimes you have to eat salad. Oh, wow. Sometimes you have to have veggies. It's incredible what it does to your body, how it changes you and gives you strength. Sometimes, though, it depends what you fill your life with. You know, Craig Rochelle says, your life flows in the direction of your strongest thoughts. And so if we want to get stronger in our life, what are we thinking about? If we want to get stronger in a particular area of our life, whether it's work, whether it's with our family, or whether it's some skill set or hobby, we've actually got to put attention to it and intention to it in what we do, in what we think, in how we're going to go about it. You know, I want to encourage you with your faith life, with your spiritual life, what are you thinking about? What holds the attention of that faith life? Is it God, His Word? I want to encourage you that it can be, and God has a heart for you, that you would know His Word, that you would understand His Word, be able to apply His Word in your life, that it would build strength to your life, that we could grow in faith and in maturity in Him and through Him and by His Holy Spirit. 
And so I want to share a few scriptures and stories with you this morning, praying and hoping that it will encourage you, that it will exhort you, and that it will implore you to go out and be stronger in your faith life, in who God's called you to be. And so I hope if you're taking notes, and Ben always says if you're taking notes and want to go to heaven, but if you believe in Jesus, we're going to heaven. But if you're taking notes and want to remember it and get stronger in your faith life, you can call this staying hungry or staying hungry. You know, I believe that we've got to stay hungry after the Word of God. We've got to stay hungry after His presence, after who He is and who He's called us to be in Him and through Him. You know, we read the Bible and we know that the 12 disciples spent three years with Jesus. They were proximal. They were close. They were very intimate with Him. They learnt of Him. They observed all He did, all He taught and who He was. And they took on that and became that themselves. And in some ways in our life, it's kind of easy when something's close, when it's right there. It's easy to draw close to it, to observe it, and fill us with that thought, with that pattern, with that observation. But, you know, Jesus, we come to Matthew 28, the Great Commission, and Jesus sends them out into the world. And he leaves and he ascends to heaven. And so we hit this tension point where now there is no proximity right there physically between them. And sometimes in our Christian life, in our faith walk, we hit a moment like that. I know I've felt that at times where you're like, Jesus, I got saved. I'm so close to you. Everything's amazing. Everything's exciting. We're so intimate. It's so close. It's all happening. But then as time goes on, there is that slow divide where Jesus is going, now you've learned everything. You've observed everything. I'm calling you out. And that means that maybe I won't feel as close to you at the moment, but know that I'm with you always through the Holy Spirit. Be strong and courageous. God's given us the Holy Spirit working in and through us. We don't have to fear of the circumstance or situation. He's right there. But sometimes we hit that tension where it doesn't feel like we're as close, we're as proximal. And so we hit this point where we have to make an intentional decision to continue to follow Jesus, to continue to seek Him, seek what He's doing in our lives, through our lives, continue to seek Him for the answers to the circumstance or situation or season that we're facing, continue to seek His presence what he's saying to us, personally, individually, and corporately. Seek him, his glory. And so I encourage you to stay hungry after the things of God for your life. Maybe you've hit that point, that tension, where it doesn't seem like the proximity or intimacy is there at the moment. But I want to encourage you that if we seek him, it can be again, and we can be built up and strengthened in our faith as we go about our day-to-day life. Are you ready for a few scriptures? encourage you with? Good, I hope so. Let's go. 1 Chronicles 16.11 says this, Search for the Lord and for His strength. Continually seek Him. Remember the wonders He has performed, His miracles and His rulings He has given. Proverbs 8.17, I love all who love me. Those who search me will surely find me. Jeremiah 29.13, If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. Lamentations 3.25, The Lord is good to those who depend on him, to those who search for him. Psalm 27, 4. The one thing I ask of the Lord, the thing I seek most, is to live in the house of the Lord all my days of my life, delighting in the Lord's perfections and meditating in his temple. 2 Chronicles 17, 14. Then if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sins and restore their land. Matthew 7, 7-8. Keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and everyone who seeks finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. 
I want to ask you, are you hungry? Are you hungry to seek after him this morning? Are you hungry to seek after him, not just this morning while we're in a church and faith environment, but are you hungry for his presence in your week to week, in your day to day, at work, at school, at university, on the sporting field? Are you hungry for him to move, for him to speak, for him to cause a change or transformation in a moment? You know, sometimes we come to moments like this in our life and in our faith where we start going for the milestone moments, the concert, the conference, the church meeting, maybe that extra moment. But it's actually not just the milestones where God's working, where God's speaking, but it's in the moments of our day-to-day, in that morning devotion, in that quiet time with him, in just simply putting aside all the distractions and seeking him and his word and what he's saying to you and what he's saying through you. You know, I'll be honest, sometimes life gets hard, life gets distracting as you grow up. There's more things, that, more complications and things you've got to think about and do. There's bills you've got to pay, food you've got to get and eat, hopefully healthy food. Um, don't look at me, I'm not the best example of that. I love pizza. Um, but there's distractions in our life that come up and vie for our attention, vie for our thought, trying to occupy that space. Sometimes, and I liken it to, um, there's this game originally from Harry Potter, but it's sometimes now in, played in universities, which is crazy. And there's all these different balls that you can get, and you can throw through hoops, and you can get points for them. And so oftentimes the players are all trying to get the different balls and get the different hoops and throw it through and get all the points to win the game that way. But there's one special ball called the Golden Snitch. Now this little one flies around everywhere, it's quick, but if you can grab that, if you can hold it, You win the game instantly in a moment. Now, sometimes life is like that. We're running around trying to throw the balls through the hoops, but Jesus isn't like that golden snitch. He's not trying to run away. He's not trying to hide from you. He's actually close. He wants to be found. He actually says, seek me and you will find me. We just read a whole bunch of scriptures that prove that point. He's close. All we have to do sometimes is actually just reach out, stop looking and focusing on the distractions and things of the world and life, just fix our eyes on him in a moment and we can hold him and know that the game's won in some ways that we have victory. The Bible says that we have overwhelming victory through Christ who loved us, Romans 8.37. When we hold him captive in majesty, we have overwhelming victory and we can walk from a place of victory in our lives. But I want to encourage you to continually seek after him and that's a decision that we have to make day after day, moment by moment. Now, the hard thing is no one can make that decision for you. We can't get up here and encourage you or make you and force you to think that and seek him. We just hope that what we preach encourages you and equips you to seek after him in your day-to-day, that you would go from strength to strength in the things of God and what he has for you and what he's called you to. You know what? There's a scripture I want to share that I've preached before out of Luke, and it really encouraged me at the time, but I preached it a bit wrong back then. Because there's actually another deeper level to it that I want to share with you today. And hopefully it encourages you in your faith life. You ready for it? Luke 18, 1 to 8. It says this. One day Jesus told his disciples a story to show that you should always pray and never give up. There was a judge in a certain city, he said, who neither feared God or cared about people. A widow of that city came to him repeatedly saying, Give me justice in this dispute with my enemy. The judge ignored her for a while. But finally, he said to himself, I don't fear God or care about people, but this woman is driving me crazy. I'm going to see that she gets her justice because she is wearing me out with her constant requests. Then the Lord said, learn a lesson from this unjust judge. 
Even he rendered a just decision in the end. So don't you think that God will surely give justice to his chosen people who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will grant justice to them quickly. But when the Son of Man returns, how many will he find on earth who have faith? You know what? On the surface, that's an encouraging scripture to continually pray and seek God and know that he will render justice to us. But if we really want to go deeper, there's a few things we've got to draw out from this. To understand that at this time, the judge would have a tent, have a bit of a crew. He'd go around a certain area and set up this tent and have the courtroom proceedings, have the law proceedings, and he'd go and render justice and hear the cases and make decisions for them. Now, oftentimes, if you wanted to have your case heard, you'd have to be invited to that tent, to that meeting. And so sometimes people would actually pay one of the assistants or the judge a bribe so that they could have their case heard. And so this woman, being a woman, being a widow, she financially had no opportunity. She had no power or social standing that she could go and enter this law tent. She had no way in society that she could get into that place to have her case heard, except for constantly going around the tent and like screaming, being like, hey, listen, I need help. Constantly nagging and constantly exasperating every option for her to be heard, for her case to be heard and won. But you know what? This is like our life sometimes before we have a relationship with Jesus. Sometimes we're fighting for things. We're trying to exasperate every option, everything, trying to go after every little bit just to hear or just to be heard by someone that would put us in a better standing, a better place. But you know, when we come to a life of faith and a relationship with Jesus, it changes everything, as many of you know. When we receive salvation, it transforms our lives. It puts us in a different standing, not here on earth necessarily, but in our soul, in our eternal life, in our spirit. We're now sons and daughters and we're king and inheritance and we have the adoption of Jesus Christ. And so there's a few differences now between us and this widow. Are you ready for them? Some of the differences are, the woman was a stranger to the judge. However, we are children of God. He knows everything about us and he cares for us. The woman had no access to the judge, but we are his children. We have an open door anytime, anywhere. The woman had no friend or help to get her case heard, but we have a saviour and an advocate and a high priest who constantly represents us and intercedes on our behalf. The woman had no prospects or promises to claim or convince the judge of. However, we have the word of God and the promises of God, as well as the Holy Spirit working in and through us and assisting us in our prayers and petitions. This one, the woman went to a legal courtroom for her case, but we get to go to a throne room of grace. Hebrews 4.14 says, So then, since we have a great high priest who has entered heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, lets us hold firmly to what we believe. This high priest of ours understands our weakness, for he faced all of the same tests we do, yet he did not sin. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy, and we will find grace to help us what we need and when we need it most. Isn't that incredible? I'm so glad that we have Jesus and a relationship with him that separates us, that we don't have to constantly plead, that we can ask at any time. You know what? If we're looking at contrast, we've got to understand that there's a contrast and a difference between this judge in the story and God as well. It says this, God is not like the judge requiring a bribe or an argument or answer to prayer. 
We don't have to be perfect. We don't have to pay something forward. But God is the perfection of a loving father. He is attentive to every need and situation. He is aware of every circumstance and he is generous in grace and mercy. God is not vexed or angered when we come to him, but he is gentle and works all things together for good for those who love him, who are called according to his plan and his purposes. I encourage you that God's always working. You know, sometimes you're like, yeah, that's cool, but I've prayed and I've prayed this prayer again and I'm waiting and I'm praying it again. I'm seeking after him again. And we feel like maybe he's just not answering it. Sometimes in our lives, I feel like God wants us to create a dependency on him. We have to get determined to chase him, that we would cause desperation in our hearts to depend on him, on his word. And sometimes the answer to his prayer isn't that he changes the circumstance, but he changes us in that circumstance. And so he is working and we can be encouraged that that is true because Romans 8.28 is in the Bible. He works all things together for the good of those who love him, who are called according to his plan and purposes. So I want to encourage you, maybe you've been praying a prayer. Maybe you've been looking for an answer. Maybe you've been facing a situation or circumstance. I want to encourage you to keep going, to stay hungry after the Word of God. Stay hungry after the things of God, the presence of God in your life, day to day. Not just at a milestone moment, but in that, that God is working. God is changing and shifting things. He's already got a plan. He's already got His purpose and He will fulfill all He's called you to fulfill through His Word. His word is set forth and it accomplishes all he's called it to. I encourage you with this. Matthew 7, 7 to 11, if we read the extension of that verse, it says this, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask Him? God will always give you something good, something that you need in that circumstance or situation. Sometimes in our humanity, we don't perceive it that way. Sometimes we don't think of it or look at it that way. But God's always working in your life for the best situation. He's always making you stronger. He's always equipping you for every situation. Not necessarily just for now, but maybe a situation that you'll face in the future. He's already working in and through you for that as well. You know, maybe as the team come, I want to share one last story. I hope this encourages you because it actually blew my mind when I thought about it. You know, we have a son called Gideon who's eight months old now. And so he's crawling around a lot. And um, sometimes you wish they'd just stand still or sit still if you put them down on the ground and you want to try and do something. But we noticed something that he started doing recently, which encourages me to stay hungry after the things of God. See, it's this. Sometimes we'll put him down in our living room. Now, he has a favorite place in our house. And so if you put him down and leave him long enough, he'll make sure he makes his way to that place. And where he often goes is if the bathroom door's open, he's crawling in there. He's making his way to the shower. And he like sits under there waiting for it to turn on. And sometimes when you give him a bath, he does like a little whoo. But he knows that he can go to the shower and he can be washed, he can be clean, he can be cleansed, it's relaxing, it's comforting for him. Well, I encourage you with this. When we go to God, we can be relaxed, we can be renewed, we can be refreshed in him. You know, there's a few other things. God is the living water. He says in the Bible, come to me and drink from me and you will never thirst again. When we come into God's presence, He changes things. He's the one who refreshes us, cleanses us, redeems us. Though we're unworthy, though we don't deserve it, 
Though sometimes it's like we get into that shower and we're like trying to reach and turn it on and we just couldn't make it. That's the sin that separates us. But God came to be that divide that He would walk in, turn that thing on, that we could be washed and refreshed and renewed in Him. You know, all we have to do is believe in our hearts and confess it with our tongue that Jesus Christ is Lord. We can be saved. But we can come to Him daily with that intent to stay hungry after His presence, His Word in our life, and know that it always and constantly changes us and moves us forward and stronger into who He's calling us to be, that our faith would mature, that it would grow, that we could be more effective for Him, for His kingdom, going out into the world, sharing His Word, prophesying, bringing testimonies back of what God's done in your life, that when we come here on a Sunday, it's not just about worshipping with music or listening to a preacher, but it's coming together in a community, building each other up in faith and saying, hey, this is a testimony from my week. Hey, this is an encouragement for you, for your week ahead. Hey, this is what God's done in and through my life, and He can do it in and through your life as well, or something similar. You know, I want to pray for you that maybe we could get a new, fresh hunger for God's Word, for God's presence. Like Ben mentioned, sometimes we come into life and we come into faith and sometimes we even come into church and there's all those distractions, but this should be a place where we have a drive and a passion to worship God with everything in spirit and in truth. But sometimes we get comfortable. We sit back on the comfort chair of life and don't feel the need to press forward into God. Don't feel the need to step out. But this should be a place where we can do that safely and comfortably with all like-minded. You know, the disciples after Jesus left for Acts, there was about, they reckon, a time of about 10 days or so. The disciples got together and were united in prayer, seeking after God, seeking after Him. And then that's when the Holy Spirit fell and we have that upper room moment. But they were united in prayer, seeking after God and His Word, what He wanted to do. So I wonder if you'd stand with me and pray this morning. God, we're so thankful for You. We're thankful for who you are. God, thank you that we can seek you, but you're not running or hiding, that you're there ready to be found, that you're wanting us to find you in those moments. God, we pray that we could get a fresh hunger for your word. God, we know that when we get hungry for your word, that you do something in and through us, that you work. God, that you equip us with your word, that it is a tool that we can use to reach people for your kingdom. God, we pray that you'd instill us a fresh passion to chase after you for your presence. God, we know that it changes everything. It changes our heart. It changes our mind. God, we pray that you'd be the captivator of our thoughts, of our attention. God, that we wouldn't be distracted by the things of the world or the things we have to do tomorrow, but we could be focused on you, knowing that that would be taken care of in and through you. God, that you are the priority of our life. You're the thing that comes first and we want to put you above all else. Every other idol must bow to you and your name. God, we pray right now you'd stir up a fresh hunger, a fresh passion for you. God, that you'd instill that, not just in these moments at church, but in our day-to-day life, that we'd be hungry for your word, hungry to see you move, hungry to see a shift and change in our lives. God, we pray that we would have a passion to wake up, a drive to wake up and read your word, to hear your word, to hand over the day to you and what you want to do through it. God, we pray that we'd have eyes to see what you're doing, that we could have hearts ready to hear and receive and plan and work out what you've called us to do. God, thank you that you anoint us, that you equip us with everything we need to fulfill what you've called us to do. And God, we pray right now that you'd stir up a fresh passion after you, after your presence, after your word, knowing that that's the thing that changes us, not just us, but our circumstance, our situations. 
God, we pray that we could grow stronger in our faith in you, our reliance and dependence on you. God, we pray that you'd help us be determined after you, that we could stay hungry for you this morning. God, we're so thankful for you that you're there, that you're waiting, ready to be found, ready and wanting to speak. Just like you gave Moses in the desert, you gave fresh manna. God, we know that you give us fresh words, fresh encouragement, fresh strength each and every morning. God, we're so thankful for you, for being there, being ready to provide. God, even though we don't deserve it, you still are there for us. You still provide for us. You still want to see us grow and move into all you've called us to being. God, we're so thankful for you. Amen. Church, I want to encourage you that as the team leaders to really press in this morning, to seek after him, knowing that he is there, ready to be found. So the team's going to lead us, but why don't you stand and continue to worship with us? Maybe that's lifting your hands. Maybe that's fixing your attention and eyes on him. So come on, why don't you worship with us?